great joy. You know, I've been uh, thinking about this series for, for months. I, I love Christmas. Uh, this Christmas is a lot different for us. We've had those over the years, but now as Don and I age a little bit, well, I age, she doesn't age, she just looks younger. Some people, they see her sometimes, they say, this is never good when you walk up to me and go, what happened? And then they look at her and go, oh, baby, you look so nice. You look 25 years younger. What happened to him? Yeah. But as we age, you know, our parents have aged and the Lord's called them home. And sweet Jan, this is our first Christmas without her. So this, this season is joyful in Christ. And anytime I talk about joy, it's really what God's called us to in Christ. But I also am conscious of the fact that some people are struggling today. They had a doctor's report, a diagnosis that was not good, so life seems to be getting sucked out of them. There's somebody dying, or it's your first Christmas, or your fifth, or your tenth, or your twenty-fifth Christmas without that loved one, and it's just hard. You've gone through possibly a, a, a rough divorce. You, you've had some sickness. They, just life is up and down. Maybe financially, man, things are not coming together, and you're just struggling. You're like, man, where is joy in this season? And yet, there's other people, they seem to just be exploding with joy and happiness, almost like we could interchangeably use those two words and we can't. You see, happiness is not joy. Happiness has always been based on the circumstances that you find yourselves in. But joy is way, way greater. It is so much deeper. It's so much profounder. Joy is about what's happening on the inside. One definition that I heard years ago that I love, it's an inward happening with an outward expression. You know, that's what I'm praying today and in this series and in the months and the years to come that you find joy in Jesus. You might not have joy in your circumstances today, and maybe you do, but you can always have constant joy in the Christ, in the Messiah, in the Savior, in the living one. This afternoon as I do this service for a friend, Oh, there'll be joy. There'll be joy because of the presence of Christ that he has entered into for eternity. You know, I, I put it here in the worship guide for you. Open up the worship guide. Don't look at the back. Open it up. Somebody's like, oh, man, that's the first time I've looked at it. That's one reason I do that. Sometimes we, Cheryl and I spend a lot of time every week trying to get this ready and colors and try to communicate. And some of you read it two or three times. Sermon gets slow. You read it again. Some of you never look at them, but I want you to look there. List of stresses, part one. I just want to help you get ready for the season, but I want to ask you a question first. How many of you have gotten your tree up, hold your hand up high? Yeah. All right, now put those down. How many have not even thought about putting the tree up? Hold your hand up. You got some work to do. Okay. Here it is. List of stresses. Next weekend, I'm going to have part two, but I thought this weekend I would just list them out here. Shopping for gifts. Boy, that'll, that'll create some stress. Getting to the necessary holiday parties. Have you ever noticed everybody wants to do something in December? I've always wondered, why don't we do something in October? Why don't we do something in September? Why don't we do something in February? It's kind of cold and nasty anyway. Putting up the decorations. Now, I've not completed that, but we have begun. Cooking a meal, wrapping the gifts. Boy, there's nothing stresses me as I told you in a sermon about wrapping. Uh, Making enough cookies and breads to give away. Buying a tree. Fighting the traffic. How many of you are glad you live in Montgomery or the region and you get to enter into Taylor Road this blessed season? I'll tell you something we learned, and I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to mess it up. We've learned every back road there is between here and the church. 
or between here and the high house and how to get to East Chase or how to get away from East Chase. Ugh. It's just, hey, let me tell you, if you have a propensity to be late, you're in trouble. Okay. If married, figuring out what to celebrate at both sets of parents without offending either. Let's just keep going on that one. Three frightening words. I hated this. Some assembly required. Some of you are engineers. You like putting stuff together. Some of us freak out about it, okay? Gaining weight. That has always been my thing in the past. This year I'm in a new place with weight loss and pump, but I'm a, I'm a little nervous like, man, what would happen if I ate all your cookies? I would be back like I was. Okay. Untangling the strands of lights. That's not one I ever enjoy. Sending out Christmas cards. That's something we have done in our family with people across the country, people that used to be in our church, family and friends. We, we love receiving cards and we love sending cards. It's kind of the highlight. Who sent a card today? Or, but you know what my job is? Donna didn't let me write. And you that know how I write understand why. She addresses them all that they might be legible in Jesus' name. But here's what happens. She gives me the same job every year. She lets me lick the envelopes. And every year I think, next year I'm going to get one of them suckers like you put water in it, you know, and you look. But I don't know. I guess I just like the taste. I do not. All right. So stresses for the season. You know what? Uh, a recent financial poll that I read, it said this. This is the most financially stressful time of the year. And I would say, I don't think this is, I think January and February are when the bill comes. Here you go. 20% will have trouble making rent or mortgage, this study said. 39% will cover Christmas expenses with a credit card. So they're probably going to spend a lot more money than they got. And then 33% will take the next six months to a year trying to pay off that which they did now. So it sounds like a, a reason for us to have another financial peace university here. And the church said, see, that was pitiful. Nobody was like, no, we used to, we used to have two and three at a time. And now you, you're talking about it. It's like, no, I don't want that. Anyway, but Christmas, Christmas. What is Christmas? One thing it is, it's a time of great joy. The whole title of the series is that we pray, and I pray specifically for you, that the great joy includes the great news, the good news of Jesus, that we learn to live a life of joy, that we learn that great song, I love it, joy to the world. I just love that Christmas song. And I love how Chris Tomlin and others have kind of redone and added some things to it, and we'll probably do it over the next few weeks. But Christmas is about bringing joy to the world. But here, I want, I want you to hear this. But I believe Christmas is about bringing joy to your world, that you personalize it, that you experientially have and participate and receive the joy of Christ, the joy to the world. Oh, absolutely. I hope it uh, abounds and reigns on our world. Amen. But I pray that joy somehow will come and reign and rule in your heart this morning and the days ahead, that Christ will do that for you, that you'll realize that joy is for you. Fill in the first blank. Here it is. Real joy is available, it's attainable, and it's specifically for you and for me. I like that. Where the scripture says, and we learn it when we're little kids, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, for whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God gave. God produces joy. God gives joy. It's for us. It's personal joy. And here's what I think or I suggest. Personal joy seems to be a rare commodity for so many. I would say you really don't have personal joy if you don't have Christ. 
You can have happiness because remember what I said when I started this morning? It all depends on your circumstances, whether they're good or bad. So that's happiness. It's kind of shallow, to be honest with you. But personal joy, despite what you are enduring, you can have the joy of the Lord. One of my favorite verses, I quote it all the time, Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And you know, today, I've done a lot of funerals over the years. And as I've been preparing for my friend, I got to thinking. Yeah, it's a time of sadness. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of worship. But then I thought, wow. He got home for Christmas. And I thought, and even though we struggle on this side, there is joy in those that have gone before us, that have died in Christ. For to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And that gives joy. There's nothing happy about the circumstances when you get sick or you die or you're struggling. But you can have joy because it gets outside of you. It focuses on the person of Christ. The one that saved you, the one that redeemed you, the one that comes near. So a lot of times I wonder, what drains our joy? In this series, one week I'll talk about what robs our joy, but that's not for today. And I'm just wanting joy to the Lord. Listen, oh come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant, shepherds, why this jubilee, why your joyous strains prolong, Good Christian men, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Joyful all you nations, rise. Join the triumphs of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And I mean, you know, when we have our candlelight service, people don't walk in here with a long face going, they made me come. Even the ones that get made to come, they're happy. I have figured it out. There's two reasons they're happy. Number one, it's the only short service we do all year, 50 minutes. <laughs> Hurts my feelings. Number two, they were bribed to come and they were told they would be fed well if they would go to the house of God. And we do hope to feed them here spiritually and encourage them in the real reason for why we celebrate Christmas, but also they probably did go eat. So joy, joy has always been a challenge to people. God gave us a book about joy because he knew that we needed one. I've taught that book expositionally here. It's called the book of Philippians. It's called the book of joy. And I love, every time I read Philippians, I'm just reminded that Paul found himself in desperate situations. But God gave him joy based on who Christ was. And it was produced no matter how hard things were because it didn't depend on his circumstances. It depended on the one who offered and gave abundant life. You know, one writer says, Christmas is a delightful disruption of the way things normally go. Do you think when Jesus was born, do you think that was a disruption in that day? And then Herod, when he couldn't stand, he couldn't stand the competition that somebody else might be adored, somebody else might be given praise and worship. And he would go out and want to kill all the boys, all the babies that were under two years of age. I mean, what a sick, demented guy, if you will. But this morning, I'm just thinking, it is a delightful disruption. S.D. Gordon says, joy is distinctly a Christian word and a Christian thing. It is the reverse of happiness. Happiness is the result of what happens of an agreeable sort. But joy springs from down deep inside. The joy of the Lord is my Jesus gives joy. This season, we're going to sing some new songs. We're going to sing some old songs. We'll sing Seasons of the Season. 
I got to tell you, if you're around me this month, I will Christmas fi I'm going to make up a word. I'm going to Christmas fire you big time. I love Christmas. And I love also, and, and, and my favorite is the contemporary movement that I'm a part of. But I love all the old songs, and I just love to listen to Christmas music. And then when I'm in study and when I'm in prep, yes, I do this. This morning it was playing. Oh, it's glorious. I turn on some Kenny G Christmas sacks, and it is rich. Some of you went, where you get that at? Somebody went, saxophone. What's wrong with him? Let me, let me tell you, this brother is anointed. I wish he went to our church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've had some saxophone players and anointed violinists, and we've got a definitely anointed worship team. But Joy, listen to what K. Warren, Rick Warren's wife says. Joy, I love this definition. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be able to write it. You can get it from me later. Joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Do you notice about that definition? The focus is on who? On the sovereign king. On the God that reigns, on the God that rules, on the God that redeems, on the God that sustains, on the God that loves, on the God that came near. I love this. So real joy, available, attainable, and it's for us. Turn to the person next to you and go, you need some joy. You ain't tell, okay, go ahead and tell your mama. She can receive it. Okay, here we go. That's one thing about it. Our church is not as big as it was, so I hear y'all when you talk. You know, when, you, when we had hundreds and hundreds in here, I might not hear a little comments. Now I hear everything said. I know, you've been talking about me. I've been listening, too. I'm taking notes, checking it twice. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's, oh, sorry, that's wrong, wrong one. Hey, yeah, let's go. So we, we see, so yeah, isn't it already fun to me? Just, I mean, guys, I've been ODing on Hallmark movies since October, okay? Go ahead. I'm, his man. I'm a man's man, but I got to tell you, I love Hallmark movies. And Don goes, oh, man. And God took my partner home with Hallmark. Me and Jan would watch him and just laugh. And Don would just roll her eyes like, oh, help him, Jesus. And she'd, go in. she'd come in for the last 10 minutes and she'd tell us, well, of course. She goes, they all end the same. Why do you keep watching them? <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is a little clean, fun. I don't know, it's a little sappy. It's just kind of fun. You just kind of do it, you know, and, you know. I mean, I can only watch so much sports and so much HGTV. You know, I had to have a break. Okay, here we go. All right. So joy will always fill our hearts when we look to God. If you don't remember anything else in this series, you don't get joy if you don't look at Christ. You don't have sustainable joy unless you focus on Jesus. It's just, I look to you, God. Because let me tell you, life's like this. 2018 has been a rough year for my family. I hope 2019 is going to be a better year. You know what I'm saying? And right now, Debbie Will, it's so interesting. I'm kicking off this series today. Her health had declined. It's been so weak and just sidelined. But today, did I tell you? Today she's getting her Christmas miracle. And she's believing that 2019 is going to be a lot better than 2018 in Jesus. Amen. So I don't know what you're going through. You're saying, man, 18 has been rough. Well, hang on and look to Jesus. I pray it's going to change for you. And you're saying, well, man, 2018 has been a great year. 2019 might not be, but hang in there. 
Look to Jesus. Look to him. Because he's bigger than the circumstance. He's a great God. He has the ability to take our mourning, the scripture says, and he can replace it with a spirit of joy and a spirit of dancing. God wants us to dance and to love him. It's attainable. Look at this next point. Joy is found in the message of Christmas. Jesus, God, is with us. Of course, the word is Emmanuel. Didn't they do a great job singing about that this morning? Emmanuel. God is near. God has come here. It's found in the message of Christmas. God in the flesh. God in the bod showed up in the neighborhood. God came to us. We didn't go to him. We will go to him. But he came to us because we needed a bridge. We needed a savior. I love it. Then I think about this, the mega joy. One of the things about the Greek and the Hebrew language is it's so specific and it's so rich. And like we'll have, uh, we'll have one word uh, you know, we'll say something and there might be like seven meanings or it'll get a lot richer in, in, in the languages of the scripture. But in this, it talks about the mega joy of Christmas. And as I was studying this, it says in the Old Testament, it's only really found great joy three times. And write this down. It's 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 40. It's the coronation of Solomon. And then in 2 Chronicles 30, 26, it's the recover, recovery of the Passover under Hezekiah. And in both those instances, God gives them great joy. And the third one is the dedication of the rebuilt wall after the exile, Nehemiah chapter 12, verses 43. So God says, in those situations, great joy. Then we find ourselves here in the New Testament... And God produces this great joy in us, for us, through us. I love this. It's, it's prominent in the Old Testament, but I think it even becomes more prominent today as believers in Christ. That the stars and the angels, they announce the good news with great joy. Good news with great joy. Oh, I pray joy is going to well up in this series. I pray well. I pray it springs up in you and me so much that it becomes contagious, that it becomes that people begin to ask, is this mega joy? Because, you see, this joy gets paired with the resurrection morning. But let's stay on this story for this season, the Christmas story that Christ has come near. Triumphant redemption, promised strength, restoration. God pursues you and me. That's what God's done in Christ. He went looking for us. One old preacher one time wrote a great thing called the hound of heaven god pursued us in christ he's come near i hope we don't push him away but you know what i've learned is the third point fill it in joy is a choice you have to choose to be joyful you can choose to be sad you can choose to be happy you can choose a number of things i suppose but in this situation you choose joy and I pray, when you walk away today or tomorrow or next week or whenever things are going hard, you go, I'm choosing joy. Joy is a choice for me as a believer, as a redeemed person of God, a child of God. And, and I want you to turn there with me. Look at Philippians. Turn over there, Philippians chapter 4. Look what the Apostle Paul says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Paul knew something about choosing to praise his Savior, to praise his God. Rejoicing was not a mere suggestion by Paul. It was a commandment. 
It's an imperative commandment that you and I choose to worship the exalted Christ today in all the days of our life. Amen? Oh, I pray you choose to worship Him. You can choose to worship other things. Like yesterday, let's just go ahead and be real. It's been a really full weekend, but yesterday I, I carved out some time because I wanted to watch this little game going on. SEC Championship. And I really did. I, I, Donald, I'll tell you, I, I pull for University of Alabama every game except for when they play Auburn. I mean, it's just a matter of fact. And I was pulling for them. And they were playing really bad. And this morning, I cannot believe the Alabama fans that I've talked to. I said, I just knew, I believed that y'all were going to come back. And they went, I didn't. I went, what kind of fan are you? You told me two weeks ago y'all were invincible. But that's another story for another day. But somehow they came back, didn't they? But, but, you know, so, so right now they're happy, and my friend Kevin that I love so much, he's sad. We should grieve with him. He's a great Georgia fan. He's been wearing his colors every day, man. Bring it on, bro. only thing worse is being an Auburn fan. We wear our colors, and we didn't even win. We didn't even get there, okay? But here's the thing. But that, I use an example because, you know what, that's just a, a mere circumstance. It's just a ball game. But I'm talking about something a lot greater, the joy of Christ, that we can always be filled with that. The joy of the Lord is ours. You know, some people always say, this is the most wonderful time of the year. And in a lot of ways, I suppose it is. And definitely makes me step a little higher and I get encouraged. But other times, there's times for sadness. There's times to reflect. But then when I shift my perspective, here it is. And I come back to choosing joy over the circumstance at hand. Joy rises up. See, joy is a spiritual dimension. Joy is what's on the inside. It's that inward happening of the risen Christ. It's that inward happening of my Savior. You know what I'm talking about, church? That's what God's wanting to do for us this season. That uh, Luke 2.10, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. There it is, great joy for all the people. Are you all the people? We're all the people. That's for Christians. That's for the world. God came near. Joy doesn't depend on on anything else but a relationship with God. You know, I say that so much. Sometimes I feel like, man, I say that a lot. But then over the years, people come back and say, you know, I started coming to church 20 years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. You talk about a relationship. I began to understand a relationship with my Heavenly Father through Jesus. I have a relationship now with Jesus. See, there are a lot of people that have religion, but I've always wanted people, I don't want to invite you to religion. I, I just, I don't have time for it. It's kind of boring. But I want to invite you to have a relationship with Christ. Because Christ will take you where you are. Christ can receive you where you are. And Christ can cleanse you. Christ can renew you. Christ can resurrect you. Christ can make you new. And Christ is the only one that will make you fit for an eternal heaven where holiness is desired. And the church said. So have that beautiful relationship. This season, let me just tell you. I wish y'all would fill this place up this season. I wish you would start bringing people. Get off your wallet and say, I'll take you to lunch. You're like, man, that's going to cost me. Bribe them. Bring them to church. Let them hear the hope and the joy of Christ. I just think people are receptive this time of the year like no other. Some reason they think, my grandmother was religious. I want to be nice to her. I want to be nice to some. I want to be nice to you. You get off my case if I go with you. Just invite them. And the church said, I won't. I hope you will. Get some of those cards. Y'all make me a liar today. Let us run out of cards out there so we have to print a whole stack next week so you can start passing those out and inviting people to participate in the songs of the season. You know, trusting Christ 
in the situation at hand. God, I love you. And here it is, filled in. We can only experience this joy when our lives are moving toward God in the right direction. You ever been going the wrong direction? You know, sometimes, I, you know, I love to drive and I like to make time. You ever been making a lot of time, but you're going to the wrong place, but you're making good time? I mean, has that ever happened to anybody but me? You know, I'm going, doing a funeral, going, doing something. You know, I'm just getting it down the road. And I used to drive a lot faster to MPD and other people greeted me in Jesus' name. And uh, so I've really slowed down. But I have been going down the road, back roads really fast. And yeah, I got to get there, got to get there. And then realize, oops, I made great time on the wrong road. Anybody ever done that but me? The rest of your line, okay? Repent. You're in church, okay? And you, you just, you, you, but you want to go in the right direction. Well, let me tell you, this is the right direction to follow your God, to put Him in your life, to honor Him, to surrender to Him, to get off this misdirection. In Matthew 2 3, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with, it, uh, with him, because the wise men from the east were following the star. And they were following the star because the star led somewhere. Where did the star lead? To Jesus. And here's what I'm praying. I'm praying you're going to look at the cross and you're going to follow that to Jesus. And you're going to follow Christ and you're going to go in his direction because you know his direction is the right one. Or you're saying, oh, no, I'll just do it myself. Well, you know, the scripture says every man did that which was right in his own eyes in the book of Judges. And it sounds like a commentary on America in 2018. Misdirected, misguided, isn't it, Doug? But I'm praying and I, I know that when we follow Christ, there's nothing misdirected or misguided about that. It's the right path. So, God, we want to run after you. Lord, we want to follow you. To really enjoy Christmas, you got to be a Christian. To really enjoy Christmas, you got to follow Christ. Because, you see, without it, it's just a season of fake snow in Montgomery, Alabama. It's just a season of a lot of debt, possibly. It's just a season of a lot of festive good food. That's good. It's just a season of some whatever it is at. But I want to submit to you this morning. Could it be Jesus? Could we run after him? Could we say, Lord, I want to be deliberate about the direction that my life is taking? So the pastor has encouraged me every weekend, and today he's really hammering it. He wants me to pursue Christ with a zeal, with a holy passion. You know, this week... I got a couple of guys I'm going to see that I'm trying to get to our church that I'm pursuing that I have, have, want to have a relationship with. And I pray that every one of us will be trying to pursue people outside the walls of our church right now to help them draw closer to Christ. And the church said, you can do that, church. We can do it together, and it's amazing. So what is joy? C.S. Lewis says, it's the serious business of heaven. See, I know right now in heaven there is joy unspeakable. But I find that in this life, this season does bring a lot of joy, especially when it's full of Christ. Don and I had the privilege to go with our good friends to see Chris Tomlin on Friday night. And I got to tell you, that will kick off your soul and your spirit in Jesus' name. It was rich. See, Chris just happens to be one of my favorite worshipers this side of heaven. He knows how to lead worship. He's an anointed worshiper. And Don and I got to hear him walk into a little special room. And I just want you to write down this. It's called Holy Roar. Is that right? I got to tell you, I'm excited about it. Holy Roar. Write it down. You might want to give somebody that book. It's something that him and his pastor have just completed this project. It's on the, in the process of coming out. But I tell you, 
At the end of the day, my goal as your pastor is to point you, to push you, to spur you, to edify you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to admonish you, to look at the living Christ. Amen? He's focused, man. He's life. Listen to this. Joy is prayer. Joy is strength. Joy is love. Joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. Mother Teresa. I like that little lady. That little lady was so bright, so full of Christ. She was such a light to her world, to her generation. You know, I've submitted this to you about the call of great joy. Some of you might think this this morning. Well, yeah, but it's Christmas. I'm just going to endure it. Well, you could do that. It'd be sad. I don't want to sit at your table very long. I pray that you will move to the point that you'll go, you know, I want to embrace Christ fuller this season. I want to experience Christ in all his glory and his majesty this Christmas season. I want to live life today. I want to experience that abundant, outrageous, full, overflowing life and joy in Christ today. I don't want to just endure. I don't want to just be around. But let's look real quick at this thing. We've got three points, and I'm going to land this plane, and we're going to have a really great song at the end that I'm very excited about. Ready? Philippians chapter 4 we've been looking at. Verses 4 through 7. Matter of fact, you've been sitting a while. Why don't you do this? Y'all all stand to your feet and hold your worship guide with me. Will you do that? If you didn't get one of these, shame on you. So take to the person's next to you and, and use theirs. Okay, ready? Let's read this together. It's the section in blue and red. You got me? Okay, let's read it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You be seated. Hey, did that feel good to stand up? How many of you thought about leaving when I did that? So like, hey, I already had a sermon, I'm leaving. We're going to pass the plate again. No, no, okay, I'm just kidding, just kidding. We don't have plates. We have baskets. Let's pass those again. No, okay. No, I'm just teasing. All right. Uh, well, I'm really not teasing, but I, we won't. Okay, all right. Here you go. Here it is. Got to do this quick. Paul's dealing with joy. And I want you to fill in some notes if you want to know this. Paul deals with the subject of joy all through Philippians, as I said. Philippians 1.4. 1, 4. He's overwhelmed with joy and the partnership that he has. Chapter 1, verse 8, he expresses great joy where the gospel is preached and it goes forward. Philippians 1, 25, talking about they're on the verge of death, staying alive. 2, 2, make my joy complete is what he wants for the people. 2, 17 through 18, he has joy in the midst of the circumstances that he finds himself. 2, 29, receive him with great joy. I love that. And Philippians 4, 1, I, I like this the best. You are my joy. People ask me a lot of time about pastoring a church. We've had great times. We've had challenging times. We've had in-between times. We've had phenomenal times. We've just had an incredible run as we celebrate our 23rd season at Christ Community. But at the end of time, this is my thing. You, you, faith family, you that are in bed today that might watch this later, Come next week. Okay, you, you are my joy. 
Make it complete as you follow the living Christ. And the church said, that's it, man. There's something about when we gather and we get to see each other and support one another. And today, had you not been in church, you wouldn't have known about Debbie and how you could pray for her. You wouldn't have had this great music or you wouldn't have heard Bethany testify about the faithfulness of God through the resource center called First Choice. And on and on, you're like, man, if I don't come, I miss out. I've been trying to tell you that for a long time. Come. I know people, oh, I like virtual church. I don't. I think it's cooler they got them, but I like church. I like mortar. I don't like donuts, but you do. I watch you. you know, I, I watch the kids. They get out of the car. Mama, mama, I'm going to get a donut. I'm thinking, kid don't need a donut. Don't need a donut. And they're like tearing the hinges off to get a donut, you know? Yesterday we had the North Pole breakfast. It was sugar upon joy. Uh, I mean, sugar upon sugar upon sugar upon sugar. And when we first got there yesterday, it was 8 o'clock, and it was raining and kind of nasty. No, it was real nasty. And everybody was all subdued. And 15 minutes later, you, I don't know what happened. Man, cotton, or simulated snow in Alabama, it started flying. Tablecloths were flying off the tables. People, I mean, th these kids got hyped up. And then we sent them home. I thought it was great. Okay, hey, let's go. So, are you jaded? Are you jaded this season because of what you're going through, your circumstance? Or are you joyful? Because joyful is a choice. Here, let's just fill this in real quick. The what of great joy is gentleness. Here, the Apostle Paul, he begins to talk about the evidence of, of gentleness. And it means tolerant, considerate, uh, not based on outward circumstances, not being anxious, but being calm, content, controlled, sweet-spirited. Here it is. Untethered to circumstances, gentle. Today, at 2 o'clock, please remember my wife and me as we go to do a service for our friend. And when I was preparing this message, I was with him Monday, I was with him Wednesday, and he passed away Thursday. But this Two words that come to mind when I think about him in the biggest way. Gentle. Gentle. I want to be gentle like him. And generous. It's a good quality for a Christ follower. Look at the second one. The why of great joy. Nearness. The Lord is near. Or is that referring to the Lord coming back? Could be part of that, but he's drawn near. He's designed you and I for relationship. That's Christmas. God has come near in Christ. To save us from our sins. Man, God, we are grateful. You become a bridge. We're now, by mercy, brought close to a holy God. Oh, Lord, we're made right. It happens there. And, and we allow this peace here to, like, when, here it is. L listen to this. This is free. When circumstances invade your life and they come to the door of your heart, send peace. It comes to attack you. It comes to make you anxious. It comes to make you heavy. Send peace. This peace I give you. It's the peace of Jesus. And then look at the last one real quickly. The how of great joy. It's prayerfulness. The Apostle Paul knew so much about praying. And he's inviting us to present our petitions, our anxieties, our worries. Yes, even our chaos to God. Present it to him. And he will guard your hearts and minds of the peace of Christ.
God-centered prayer. I'm going to invite y'all to come, worship team. And this is what we're talking about today. Just this God-centered focus that amounts and manifests in joy unspeakable in the person, in the Lord Jesus. Jesus is good. Jesus is enough. And whatever you find yourself in, in the circumstances that you find or the circumstances that will come, run to Christ. Lord, I'm a mess. Lord, I'm undone. Lord, I find myself in this or that. Well, Lord, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give this to you. Lord, I just need your presence. I just need you to walk with me through this. Lord, I need you to show me how to forgive people. I mean, that, that's a whole other message. Maybe we'll get into forgiveness during this series. But uninterrupted, uninhibited delight in Jesus. That's what I pray happens for you and me this Christmas season. Hey, we've kicked it off now. Woo! Man, I'm excited. Got one under my belt and a bunch to go. We're going all the way to the 24th. And we'll, sell, we'll conclude our Christmas corporate experiences here 5 o'clock on the 24th. Let me invite you. If you've never been or you come every year, come. Bring people. Man, it's the way to do Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for your presence this morning. And we so need you, Jesus. Fill us with the joy of your presence. That's what we desire. We've come to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.